5th District Congressman Tim Alberg on the line with us this morning to talk about all things happening in in Washington and, and a lot of things to, to unpack here this morning. The, uh, the I don't know what we're, we're calling it, document gates, that, that might be one piece of it, but also uh, with with the debt ceiling for, for the U.S., without, without putting on your economic professor hat too much, Give people a simple read of what that is, what it means, and what happens if we were to default on our debts. Well, it simply means that we have a debt that we are supposed to keep up the debt payment on and the interest. And uh, if we default on that, it impacts on our credit rating around the world. Uh, It says that the American government can no longer be trusted to pay its debts, pay its bills, and uh, the dollar is a, an instrument that no longer has the value that it once had. That's pretty significant, and it ought to make us resolute in finding ways to do the same things most of our taxpayers do when they get into an inflationary cycle that they have right now. Uh, they may cut off uh, the number of Starbucks uh, drinks they buy. Uh, normally, in the course of a week, they may cut back on the, the travel beyond just getting to work and back. Uh, They may reduce a membership at a health club, or they may buy hamburger instead of uh, pork chops and steak. They they find ways to get it done. And sadly, after the uh, most recent debt ceiling, a little over a year ago, increase, uh, the Democrats continued to spend at a clip that was the largest increase in spending uh, in the last 40 years and putting us at, uh, at, uh, at the potential over the next 10 years of being 1.2 trillion increased debt um, just because of this. So we're coming down to a point where we have to say, yes, we have to keep the good faith and credit of the American dollar and our economy in place, but uh, why not reduce spending in the process. So since 1985, can we have we've had uh, some major tax and spending reforms in each of those opportunities. Most recently in 2011, uh, when we had the Republican passed Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which brought in uh, more revenue than has ever been brought in the history of Michigan and yet of, of the United States, and yet now we're at another debt ceiling increase. So all we're saying, uh, Mr. President, uh, Mr. Schumer, we want to work with you towards solving this problem, and it will take a debt ceiling increase, but we're not going to accept just the debt ceiling increase. We're going to mandate cuts, at least at the House level, and then we'll, <clears throat> then we'll battle with the Senate, but we want to do cuts. Uh, and and reform some of our spending habits. So you're almost backed in the corner that you have to do the increase, uh, at least for now, and hoping down the road then you can make those those cuts with it. Realistically, what uh, what kind of prediction do you have on that? Well, I think we're pretty resolute in the House, and we're we're offering some uh, insight right now into what we could do. We, we, we want to make sure that we are open to go, negotiating with the Democrats because, frankly, in a, in a split government now with uh, the White House Democrat-controlled and Senate Democrat-controlled, um, there's going to have to be some negotiations. But I think they need to understand that we're going to talk more fully to the American people, and I appreciate even this morning talking about it, with American people who uh, get frustrated with what goes on in Congress, yet 
don't want, in many cases, their programs cut. And uh, the Democrats will certainly come out and say, ah, the Republicans are going to cut Social Security and Medicare. No, we aren't. (laughs) That is a promise made and a promise to be kept. But there are an awful lot of other areas in mandatory spending and discretionary spending. And remember, Ken, we've talked about this before, that in the federal government, just a little over 20% of our entire budget is discretionary. The rest is mandatory. And we've got to touch reforms in those areas as well, including welfare spending, et cetera, and, and find ways that we don't waste money. We get the money where it's needed to be, but we cut where it doesn't have to be. And that includes the Republicans already making it clear that we're going to use the Holman Rule, which allows us to look at any um, unauthorized agency, budget area, program, or department and make cuts, including down to the granular level of who's in that particular cubicle in the bureaucracy. And maybe that person's uh, salary gets cut, and then the department head has to figure out what to do. Um, you know, I've supported over the years 5%, 3%, and 1% across the board's cuts. Uh, in spending across the entire uh, 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 federal government funding area. I mean, (laughs) American taxpayers are making those cuts automatically now. Why shouldn't we do the same? And I think if we did it, even just simply across the board, 5% cut, the overwhelming majority of Americans wouldn't know that anything had affected them. And yet we'd be putting ourselves on on a new trajectory toward ending a deficit spending and moving toward uh, ultimately, ultimately balance the budget, as it were. All right. So what's the latest showdown date for you guys on this? Well, you know, allegedly yesterday we hit that debt limit, uh, limit ceiling. But we, we, we could expect probably over the next six months that we could still uh, battle this issue. And uh, Janet Yellen and others could, could make... Um, revisions in their forecasts, their, their expenditures, the priorities of expenditures, where we could keep from defaulting in any negative way okay. to our, our government. So we have time, and I guess that's what we're saying. If the Democrats uh, took their last debt ceiling increase uh, and, and then overspent themselves by $10 trillion over the last two years alone, um, we ought to take a little bit of time and work toward ending that overspending and reducing the spending and setting priorities that ultimately help our economy and our citizens in their personal incomes and their personal economies in a way that's, that's valid. So no, I, I don't think we have to do it right away. Uh, the national media is going to be pushing that. They're going to talk about it. The Republicans push back on automatically just giving a, a debt ceiling increase quickly here that, uh, that uh, government will shut down. No, it won't. And in most cases, even if it does, and we've seen that uh, in my time in Congress, even when it shuts down, uh, the people that uh, are, are talked about, military, et cetera, that lose their paychecks, they're all restored. They're all restored. Not like our general taxpayers. If they have a ton- downturn in their economy and they can't afford to pay their uh, light bill or their gas bill, uh, it impacts them immediately, and they don't get a refund on that. Um, and I think that's the gravity of the situation here. We don't want to be punitive. We don't want to be cavalier. But for any of my Democrat colleagues to say that Republicans are cold and heartless because we're willing to shut the government down, no, that's not the case at all. We, we think we can get through this, certainly uh, raise the debt ceiling in order to, to keep our good faith and promise, but in the process use it like we've done since 1985 
every true reform in spending has taken place at a tax at, at, at a, uh, a a debt ceiling hike. Uh, sadly, that's only been Republicans have been been in control. So this is our opportunity. We'll keep an eye on this. We'll talk more about Document Gate next week, too, and a whole lot more. Tim, have a great weekend. If not sooner, we'll talk next Friday, all right? You as well, and stay dry. It's uh, 5th District Congressman Tim Wahlberg with us this morning.